Welcome to Happily Altered After, unique perspectives on the road to wedded bliss and heartwarming, hysterical, maddening, and jaw-dropping stories filled with wedding planning tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts. And now here's your host, Maya Holahan. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Happily Altered After podcast. Um, I hope you're all enjoying a fantastic start to November. Um, my guest and I were just talking about we're so happy that it's almost over <laughs> this year and we can head into 2021. Uh, but before we say goodbye to this year, there is one exciting trend that we are about to embark on, and that is engagement season. Um, fun fact, I don't know if you know, but 40% of all engagements take place between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. So many of you may be already planning and some of you may be able to change your status to engaged sometime between now and Valentine's Day. And if you do, you're probably gonna jump right into the planning process. So um, I really don't think there's a better time that I could have on today's guest um, because it really is all about the planning. So I would like to welcome Sammy Roberts um, to the show today. Sammy is the founder and creative genius behind Bustled, which is an online wedding planning community for wedding professionals and marrying couples. Um, she's also the owner of one of the top wedding planning companies in the Charlotte, North Carolina market. Um, so she's a, a wonderful industry expert that we can all glean some really great information from today. So Sammy, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for that kind introduction. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we start rolling into our conversation, is there anything else you'd like to just share with our listeners about your background, um, things that your, your hobbies, things that you're interested in so they get a feel for who you are? Yeah, so um, I um, kind of grew up all over the place and um, moved to New York after graduation, um, where I worked for a beauty and fashion uh, PR agency, which is where my, my love event planning came in to be. Um, and then I worked there for six years before moving to Charlotte and launching uh, my wedding planning company. And then about two years in um, is when my husband, Ryan, and I started chatting about how can we do this better? And uh, took us about a year, but then Bustled was born. So um, we've been uh, we've been hard at work since then. And me personally, uh, I have a little girl, a little two and a half year old, who is uh, the rest of my rest of my world outside of outside of work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'll keep you on your toes. Yeah, <laughs> terrible twos, or is she uh, is she doing okay with the twos? She's doing, she's doing pretty good. <laughs> there, there's those few tantrums, you know, that uh, they warn you about. <laughs> well, I have a uh, going on 16 year old daughter and they, the tantrums don't go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a teenager. Still fun, still great to have a daughter, but believe me, um, she'll, she'll still be having tantrums at, uh, as a teenager. Um, so you said something that I really love that you and your husband were just trying to think of how you could do things better and different. And it, it immediately spoke to my entrepreneur heart when you made yeah. that statement. Um, so, so what was it that, that really compelled you and your husband to create Bustle? What was like missing in the industry that you felt like it would be great for us to bring this to market? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was we were driving back from a wedding um, and it was 
it was a it was a success, but it wasn't the the right wedding, right? Like, um, if you're in the wedding industry, you know what I'm talking about because it just it was it. We weren't on the same page, you know. The bride was very very laid back, and there was just so many more people that came than we were supposed to, and it was all these little fire drills along the way. And we're driving back, like, man, I I hope she was happy. I hope this this worked out. Um, but then that conversation kind of turned to like, how can we make sure that, you know, uh, we're doing what we love every single weekend. Um, but doing it with couples that we love too, because that just makes the experience so different. Um, and you know, bridal shows and all those things, like you meet tons of couples, but it's not connecting you with the right couple. And that was kind of where the idea stemmed from. Um, and we went down a lot of different paths <laughs> before we ended up with where, where the product launched. But you know, that was, that moment where we were like, there's gotta be a better way to find the couples that we, we wanna work with. Yeah, it's interesting. I, when I was talking with one of your colleagues while we were setting this up, I immediately was like, yes. So I came from the bridal shop background before I started this whole new venture. And, and you know, I used to envy my wedding planner friends because they could really choose their couples. And even then sometimes, they didn't choose very well, right? Yes. I didn't get that luxury to choose. But, you know, our, our customers, if they knew how to approach things the right way, chose their, their retailer very well. But, but if it didn't, if it wasn't going to be a good relationship, it was like, oh, I'm stuck with this person. And they probably felt the same way. Oh, we're stuck with this store. We're stuck with this other person for 16 months. So was, as we were chatting, she said something like the, the technology that's behind Bustled is like the match.com of the wedding industry. And I was like, that is brilliant. So can you talk <laughs> a little bit more about what the match.com of, of Bustled really is and how does that benefit um, both vendors and, and couples? Yeah, so um, it, it's really kind of, we came at it from two perspectives. So my perspective as a wedding planner and just clients and what they're looking for. And then my husband comes from the data and technology world. So he knew, you know, all of those sides of things. And so we kind of combined the, the knowledge from both of us um, and created an algorithm. So our couples, our vendors take a two minute quiz. Um, when they sign up, they take a two minute quiz. They can always change their answers, but it, they answer it as if they're their ideal couple. So, you know, what would their ideal couple say in this situation? And then couples, when they sign up, they take that same two minute quiz. And at the end of the quiz, they're instantly matched to vendors based on fit. So vendors don't, you know, pay more to sit at the top of the page. Instead, the vendors are sorted by fit. So, you know, if you're a romantic bride with a you know, $50,000 budget versus a rustic bride with a $10,000 budget, you're going to see a different venue at the top than the alternative couple would have. That's so great um, for many reasons, but immediately I think of budget, right? And, and yeah. I feel like the wedding industry is just one of those industries where perception and reality can be two totally different things, right? Yes. Like, yes. Thank like, you, Pinterest. <laughs> We can thank Pinterest for that. But yeah. I feel like what you have all created probably on the couple side saves from heartache, right? Like uh, wanting to work with a particular person or, or having this vision and then realizing immediately you're not going to be able to achieve it with the budget that you have, right? And then you save the wedding professionals from kind of having to let people down, first of all, because yeah. that's no fun whatsoever. No. Um, and they can really focus on cultivating the client that they know 
is is um, of of the budget that they cater to and the aesthetic as well. So it's kind of a combination of things, right? Yeah. So how how long have you been all doing this? And um, what do you think is the great other than the matching, the greatest benefit to a couple that uses bustles? Yeah, so we have officially been in business for four and a half years. Uh, Like I said, it took us about a year to build. So uh, working on it for a little longer. But um, I think the benefit is just the time savings. Like you said, um, you don't have that kind of letdown moment. Um, But another thing for us is we also vet all of our vendors. So we have a personal conversation with every vendor on our site. You know, we talk to them about how many weddings they've done, what their reviews look like, what their digital presence looks like. So we make sure that they're going to, you know, um, be more likely to deliver for our couples on wedding day. Because when we talk to couples, when we were building the product, that's such a big, big worry for them. Um, so, you know, we kind of look at those pieces and, and make sure that they are going to be someone that we feel comfortable recommending to, to couples who trust to use our site. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so I'll say this right now to everyone that's listening. The, the fact that they do the vetting process for you is going to minimize a huge amount of stress. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's kind of half the battle at the very beginning. And it's like, you don't want the beginning to be stressful. I mean, you're going to have enough stress as you get closer to your wedding day, right? You want the beginning to be fun. However, you do have to vet your vendors. And so the fact that Bustled kind of already or does offer that, I think is a huge relief um, and benefit. Yeah, that's a great benefit for couples that are, are looking to use the platform. Um, is there a fee? What, what, what's, is there a fee structure? How does, how does a couple, um, you know, join your community and then leverage it to its, its best? Yeah, um, the service is completely free for couples. Uh, for vendors, they pay a fee to be, yep. uh, you know, marketed on the site. That's great. Even better. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I would exactly. think vendor, you know, because again, I come, I'm now moving into a, a different realm of the industry, but um, as a shop owner, to know that I would immediately be connected with, with potential clients that really just, you could tell from your algorithm and the, the process you have to go through, that there's a greater likelihood that we're going to be on the same page, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's- Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say it does. It just, it's a huge time savings on both sides Um, for vendors. You know, they don't, and you know, most of us, we got into this because we love our couples. Like we don't want to let people down. And um, so I think it's, it's, it's a time savings and it just keeps things easier for people. Yeah. Um, uh, It's exciting on so many levels because not only do you get to build on your passion, but you've really gone into an area that is essential if you're if you're in this industry and actually i was having a conversation with somebody yesterday who said it does not matter what industry you're in you're in marketing and you're in technology (laughs) right and so that's true (laughs) i mean if you were just a planner and didn't have bustled, you're still a technology. You cannot exist without technology today, right? And for the fact you that can. you have this platform to support, which is, the, you know, really an extension of your vision on a much greater scale um, is, is brilliant. And that, that really kind of brings me to my next question, which is about adapting and innovating. So, uh, you know, there isn't an, an industry that hasn't been affected by COVID. <laughs> None no. of us expected, you know, a global pandemic going into 2020. Um, but you all 
have this this service um, that I think is brilliant. And I'm I'm, un I'm unclear. Did you create it after COVID or pre pre COVID? We created it after COVID, um, but it has a very personal connection for us. So Ryan, my husband and I got married in a hurricane in New York. So for us, it's nowhere the grand scale that couples are going through right now. But, you know, when this all happened, it was so important to us. We wanted to find a way to still support couples, to still provide them with a way to celebrate and to make it easy and simple. Um, and that's kind of how Lovestream came, came to be. Yeah. So go into, so it's love stream and go into what are the details and, and how does a couple use it? Yeah. So love stream is a virtual wedding platform. So it is one way streaming, um, that is built to be as beautiful, um, and an easy add on for your wedding. Uh, we joke around the office that it is so easy. Grandma can, can do it. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's no, it's not complicated. It's as easy as a click of a URL. So our, our couples are able to stream from devices they already have like iPhones or tablets. Um, and then it streams to their own customized wedding page that we build for them. So their guests log on and they just literally click a link on the internet and they can start watching um, the, uh, the stream from there. And they can have, they have a live chat section, a virtual guest book. So it's a great, and then they can customize it with Spotify playlists, pictures, things like that. So it's a, a very simple, easy way to involve your guests anywhere um, in your we're going to pause for a short commercial break. You've been listening to Happily Altered After, sponsored by Travelling to Give. For more information about our smart event tools that give back with each trip, visit travelingtogive.com. Welcome back. So cool. Thank you. <laughs> Do you feel like that's even after we get through the pandemic and we have vaccines or whatever we're going to do to contain this thing. Do you think that that technology and service is going to continue to grow in popularity? And if so, why do you think that it's really kind of here to stay for the industry? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be one of the the vendors that you get with your wedding these days, um, there's always someone who can't attend. Like I said, we have that personal connection. We lost about 50% of our guests, um, but there's destination weddings. There's a grandparent who can't travel or a best friend, you know, who's about to, or just gave birth. Um, maybe a friend who lives overseas. Um, so this is a great way to include people uh, virtually who can't attend your wedding. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of micro weddings continue, um, you know, into the future. And this is a good way to keep costs down, um, but still involve a lot of people in your in your wedding day. Yeah, absolutely. I I think um, you know even before this. What do they say? Like when you send out your invitations, at least 20% of the people are going to RSVP no, if not more. Yeah. And, you know, there are plenty of people in that percentage that really are, are you know, shattered that they can't be there for, for some reason or another. And so to be able to have the technology side of it, I think is really, really brilliant, you know. And then it is a memento because it's recorded, right? Everything they can, they own that after. I mean, that's, yeah. again, that memory that they can carry with them. 
Yeah. Um, so they get that, they get the live chat and the virtual guest book afterwards. So they get that memento and it's, it's just simple. It's yeah. simple for them and it's simple for the couple. Uh, I mean, for their guests. So it's, it's easy for them to kind of just add it on to their already existing wedding and, and let those people who can't be there celebrate with them. Sure. Yeah. Brilliant. G- great job. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> podcast. I'm going to tell everybody about it. Uh, <laughs> So uh, aside from, you know, having to postpone or go to the justice of the peace or get married in the backyard because of COVID, right? We're sort of like starting, stopping, starting, stopping, depending on what restrictions we're, we're being held to. What do you think are the other big planning pain points for couples right now? Well, I think one big pain point is having to uninvite people, <laughs> which is something I don't think that any of us had thought about uh, prior to this. Um, so I think that that's just been, um, it's like goes against everything, you know, in my Emily, you know, Emily Post etiquette is, you know, now we're having to uninvite guests. So I think that's really hard. Um, and I think too, for people, it's, it's really hard because there's so much uncertainty. I think now we're kind of getting used to it but especially in the beginning you know it was like oh we're gonna postpone like a lot of our couples will postpone two or three months um at the beginning and it was like yeah by may or june we'll be fine um and so now people are kind of having to adjust those plans and so i think one of the biggest things for couples is they have to kind of decide like if they're starting if they're just getting engaged like you said um what's really important to them is it having that huge blowout party well, then are you willing to wait a little bit? Um, Or is it that you don't want to wait and you just want to get married, whatever the circumstances might be? Um, So I think that's just like something that couples are having to kind of wrap their heads around right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, I I think weddings have sort of been trending for many years too. It really is about what the couple wants, right? But not everyone lived that. (laughs) But now I feel like everybody needs to understand it really is what the couple wants, right? And people have to be okay with it and let them live it how they want to live it, assuming that they're staying within uh, regulations, right? Yes. Um, So is there, what's the right way to uninvite somebody? Is there a right way? Is like, you know... (laughs) There's no like official rules. <laughs> All the rules are out the out the window now. But I think I mean I think right now people are like you said just being so understanding that the couples have to do what they have to do. Um, so I think just like communicating that in a nice way, you know, a nicely worded kind of an invitation of, <laughs> hey, you know, we've had a downsize. We're only including our, our families in order to hit regulations um, and kind of sharing, sharing that and just being really upfront and honest. And I think that's a great way, you know, with LoveStream, you can still include them in some way. So at least people feel like, yeah, I've been downgraded a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm still getting to, to celebrate and be there with them. And I think being flexible, both from the guest perspective and the couple's perspective is, is so important right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's easy for us to think about ourselves, but, you know, I would say to somebody who's been uninvited to take into consideration that this has been a very trying time for the couple. They're under enormous amounts of stress and that it was probably very difficult for them to have to uninvite people that they truly wanted at their wedding day, you know? So I've said this on many other um, episodes, this is a time for grace. I mean, we just have to extend grace. And I know that sometimes our feelings get hurt and it's a little bit difficult, but 
we kind of have to step back from the moment and just, and, and you kind of just hit on it. Like this is a time, this is unprecedented. This is, you know, yeah. so we're all kind of navigating this together. Um, do you, so one of the things that I think about when I think of 2021, this is where my, my um, industry expert hat is on. I, I'm feeling already for all of my wedding pros <laughs> who next year are gonna have double the amount, if not more, uh, weddings than they were supposed to have this year, right? So yes. you, you're all are going to go from feast from famine to feast. Yes. Um, for newly engaged couples, what advice do you have for them um, in terms of planning? Because it's not going to be as easy for them as it was for somebody who got engaged in 2019, because the, literally the landscape looks differently. Yeah, um, it almost goes back to what you just said. Have give yourself grace a little bit uh, and be flexible. So I think make sure you don't get you know I must have this this exact Saturday in April. I would say you're going to have to have a lot more flexibility because those all those 2020 couples have now probably taken up a lot of the dates for 2021. So if you're just getting engaged um, and you want to get married in 2021, you're going to need to just be a little bit more flexible. Look at alternative days um, or alternative venues um, and plan early. So, you know, usually there's a little, a little more time, but I would say get your big things locked up quickly. So your venue, your photographer, planner, people who can take only a few weddings or maybe only one wedding a weekend, um, you're going to want to book them quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for the wedding industry for next year because, I, again, I think everybody will prosper. But this, that's going to be a lot of moving around. There's a lot of, you know, moving parts <laughs> when you, when you really are into, into next year. Um, what are some of the wedding trends that you're excited about? I mean, chaos aside, right, and having to be flexible and extending grace, what are, what are some of the trends that you're excited to see in, in the new year? A little bit out of necessity, but I actually am excited about all the micro weddings. You know, this year we've done quite a few and it's, it, you know, again, out of necessity, they had a downsize, but it was crazy to see what we could do, you know, with those budgets. Um, you could really amp the guest experience, the decor. Um, it just, you could create exactly what you wanted, what you see on Pinterest for a much more affordable price, um, which I think is pretty cool. So I think, I think that's a really cool trend. And then also, I think this has given people an opportunity to say like, yeah, it is my, it is my wedding day. I'm going to do it the way I want. So I think people are kind of looking at it and personalizing and not feeling the pressure to do exactly what is expected of them. And then, you know, I love a lot of the like fun details we're seeing right now, neon signs, champagne walls, um, you know, different things like that, that just really personalize the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I believe that uh, this new, wedding look right that the new trends really are a nod to less is more right and meaning less in terms of of hecticness and feeling like you have to have everything and everybody and outdo the last person that got married 
scale it back, surround yourself with people that you love deeply, that you know can be there for you on that day. And then, but don't compromise on all those great details and the personalizations. And, you know, it's, it's, um, this is an opportunity for creatives. And I know you know this because you're very creative. Some of the, you know, I follow the industry. I get to see what all y'all do. And it's been really exciting to see um, reception design and the color palettes and and the entertainment and what are you doing in lieu of dancing and what are you doing in lieu of a buffet right like so so it's it is a opportunity to not only personalize it but kind of push the envelope a little bit because it's 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 a whole new game yeah and there's there's no there's no rules it feels like the rules all went out the window which is which is kind of nice you know people can kind of pick what they want and say, you know, we don't need that for the things that they didn't want. And I think that's great. And they, if you wanted to, you know, we had a lot of couples that always said that they, oh, I wish I could have a small wedding, but you know, my mom wants to invite everyone she knows. Um, and I feel like this is kind of giving people the chance to say like, it's okay to have a smaller wedding and just spend our money and really amp it up and personalize it and push, push the envelope with it. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, a lot of the articles I've been reading or interviews with people that have gotten married this year, the same theme in every single one of them is, I was surprised at how much I loved how small it was. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't regret it. I'm glad that it was downsized. I'm glad that we kept it small. It really, I got to talk to everybody. I got to enjoy every detail. I didn't feel like I was pulled in a lot of different directions. So I feel like this is a, this is a great, um, you know, advertorial right, for anyone who's getting engaged to think about, even when we get past this pandemic, yes. it might be good to um, keep it. And it doesn't mean you have to downsize your budget. It doesn't mean you have to compromise yeah. on style. As a matter of fact, I think it gives you more freedom, right? Because you oh, can yeah. put the money into the experience and into the details, you know, yeah. it's, it's pretty it's pretty incredible how much further, you know, a $10,000 budget goes for uh, 10 guests versus a hundred guests, right? Like your budget just, you can, you can do so much more with flowers and decor. And I mean, we did um, a really beautiful backyard wedding with clear top tent and, you know, hanging greenery and all everything that the bride had wanted originally that we had had a cut um, because her guest list had been downsized so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a win. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take the little wins like yeah. we were talking about. <laughs> uh, so, so this is a good segue into my next question because I think people are unaware of how far their budget will actually take them, right? They're unaware of how many details they actually that have a dollar sign attached to them. Yeah. So what other than kind of the spending part of it, what is the biggest misperception or unknown that couples um, are guilty of when they go into planning their wedding? Yeah, I think a lot of couples uh, dive right in. They book a venue, book a photographer, buy their dress, um, and then say, okay, we need to put together a budget. <laughs> and at that point, <laughs> you've already spent, you know, pretty big chunk, 50, 60% of your budget um, without 
thinking about it. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest mistakes couples make um, is they just think, okay, I got to get on this. And, you know, I, I said, you're going to have to book fast, but still the first thing you need to do is really sit down and have an honest conversation about budget. What kind of numbers are you looking at? And I think what people don't realize, which is what we've just been talking about a little bit, is how much your guest count impacts your, your budget. Um, so downsizing even just 10 people can, can allow you to have some of those things that you, that you see all over, all over Pinterest, um, which is, which is wonderful. There's so much great inspiration, but what a lot of couples don't realize is a lot of those pictures are styled shoots or, um, you know, a, a wedding with a budget much bigger than theirs. Um, and I think that that can be kind of like a, a hard reality check of like, I've, have my Pinterest board. I booked my venue. I bought my dress. Um, and now you're telling me I have to be on a budget, (laughs) you know, everybody's on a budget, whether it's a small budget or a big budget. Um, so I think just, just having that conversation early on can help a lot of the pitfalls that happen later in the planning process. And you make such a great point, uh, about so much of your budget is dictated by how many people you want to have at your wedding. And, um, I know from firsthand experience and just from being in the industry for many years that the budget can cause a knockdown drag out total war between the family. You know, people don't talk to each other for months at a time. What, mm-hmm. what's your advice? Any, any tips or, or, you know, uh, just little nuggets that you can impart on our listeners that might help them get through planning the guest list without wanting to hurt each other. (laughs) (laughs) I know that initial conversation, it's like, okay, we're engaged. Now we're going to have to have these really hard, terrible conversations with us and our families. Uh, (laughs) Go. Um, No, I think having, it's really, it's uncomfortable. But I think you have to have that conversation. Um, And I think a lot of people will say like, oh, well, I don't want to talk to, you know, my, my partner's parents. I want, you know, him or her to do that. And it's like, okay, well, you guys just need to sit down and have the conversation. I think if you're just really upfront of like, look, you know, we don't necessarily assume that you're going to give us any money, but are you planning to? And if you are planning to, what's super important to you. And if you're not planning to, then you need to understand we're going to be on this kind of budget, which means you get a guest list of, you know, however many people. So I think setting expectations at the beginning, having the open conversation and then setting expectations and being fair to everybody will, will help to limit uh, the uncomfortable knockout drag out fights later down the road. Yes, absolutely. And the expectations piece is, is such a big part for everybody, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's essential for the couple. It's essential for their loved ones. It's essential for the wedding pros. Um, you know, I used to get que- asked all the time when I had my stories, do you have bridezillas, right? Like, tell me about your bridezillas. And I'd be like, we don't actually have a lot of bridezillas because we manage their expectations, right? We don't, yeah. we don't overpromise and underdeliver. Like, that's just not yeah. how we roll. And so... I think that um, everybody in, can get ahead of that a little bit, whether it's the, the wedding professional who just really wants to promise something because they love the couple so much, but they haven't done anything to guarantee that they can deliver it. Yep. Right? <laughs> everybody that's, that's involved um, or related to the couple in some sense. It's, it's, it's one of those things that 
um, most of it comes from good intentions, right? They, everybody just wants to make everybody happy, but until you set those expectations up front, somebody's bound to get hurt, right? Yeah. The level's yeah. bound to go through the roof. Yeah. I think it's all about setting those expectations and, you know, with budget, let, let your family set their expectations of what they want to be involved in, what they're going to contribute to, and then take that and come back to them and say, okay, well, right. Then this is what we have. You know, maybe your expectation is we're going to have this over the top wedding, but the budget doesn't support it. Yeah. Um, so having those, having those conversations early on, uh, helps a lot, especially a lot of parents, you know, totally different idea and costs when they got married. Mm-hmm versus when you're getting married. So having the conversations now just, just helps make it easier for everybody. That's a good point. They don't know what, how much a wedding has changed, how much things yeah. have gotten more expensive. And, 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 and again, what's going on in the world? What, because I hate to, I don't wanna be the bearer of bad news or put a damper on anyone that's looking to get engaged and get married in 2021, but they can expect costs to go up in certain areas. And that's just yeah. because of supply chains, you know, supply and demand, inflation, you know, the economic downturn. I mean, they're all affiliated with each other. And so that's a really big thing to think about as you're formulating your guest list, as you're thinking about where you want to put your dollars and cents, right? Is that sometimes there's things out of our control that are going to really kind of dictate what direction we go in. Yeah. And then you kind of have your, you have to decide. You can't, you can't make something cost a certain amount, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) It would be great. I'll do that. Um, so, you know, I, part of the purpose of this podcast is to share enormous amounts of education and inspiration and knowledge, right? Because most people are planning a wedding for the first time and they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And even I have found people that are planning for a second time often didn't do a big shindig the first time around. So, you know, they're still going in unaware. Um, and planning a wedding is a journey. It is mostly beautiful but it can be met with um, some strife and, and challenges and, and downturns. And sometimes it can be just downright painful. Um, so as a wedding planner, I'm sure that you have experienced crises either <laughs> within your own team, right? Trying to deal with a situation or with a couple. Um, is there a situation, some sort of hiccup in the process that you were met with um, and how did you go into, you know, solution mode immediately and, and get past that? Yeah, I feel like a lot of times that's, you know, the main, the main reason people hire, hire wedding planners, right? Help to help them through, through that. I mean, I don't think any wedding we've planned has ever just been completely, you know, no problems arise, whether it's, it's a, a family situation or, you know, different vendor situation. Um, we had man, (laughs) so many different stories. Um, you know, we had this one wedding where, uh, all the flowers, it was uh, mother's day weekend. So they were all supposed to be pink flowers, but obviously with mother's day weekend, a lot of those flowers were hard to come by like supply and demand, like you were talking about. And, um, you know, got to the reception site and all the flowers were white. And (laughs) luckily it was a Catholic ceremony with a reception later on. So we were able to get on the phone with the florist and the florist was like, 
trying to find, you know, pink flowers from any of their florist friends that they had. And, you know, it was like a mad dash of like, kind of <laughs> how we can make these white flowers look as pink as possible. Yeah. And I just remember the bride walking in and being like, oh my gosh, it's so perfect. And I'm like standing in the corner, just like dripping sweat, like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, <laughs> like it, oh yeah, it just totally ended up this way. Um, so <laughs> just little crazy things like that, where you're just kind of, having to uh, pull on all your strings yeah. to make sure that things are as close to plan A as possible, um, especially on wedding day. Obviously along the planning process, there's there's things that happen that the bride's involved with and, yes. and you know, we just kind of talk them through the options, but especially on wedding day, we try to make it as, as easy and seamless for couples as we can. That's right, that's right. That's a great story because there's so much that happens behind the scenes, honestly. Yeah. Like if there should, maybe you and I can start this reality show where this wedding's behind the scenes and like yeah. the shit that happens the day of that you, like immediately when you're sharing that, I'm thinking, oh my God, did they have to get spray paint? Did they get food coloring? Like what, like, <laughs> what did you do to make these flowers pink and call every florist around town? I'm just picturing wedding planners driving in cars, like picking up because it's happening, <laughs> right? Because it's yeah. happening. You're like, you call everybody you know. And but it ends up the bride walks into her reception and she loves everything that she sees and that and yeah. all the sweat that's coming down here is is totally worth it at that time. It is. You know? It is. So, <laughs> it is. It is the it's the perfect like you know cherry on top to the message that I always say is that it's gonna end up being okay at the end of the day. Yeah. No matter what happens, it's gonna be okay if if your intentions are in the right place and your heart is in the right place and your love is in the right place, everything is going to be okay. That's awesome. That's Here's a great story. It was yeah. like <laughs> listening to you talk about it. I I like, <laughs> like, I know you fixed it. You're sharing it. <laughs> but I'm still like, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. What a crazy industry. Um, okay. So what about really either like heartfelt or just super, super unique aspect or um, some sort of uh, element to a wedding that just kind of blew you away that you were like, wow, I, I have never seen anything like that at a wedding before. That's super cool. And I want to do it again at another wedding. I mean, where do you draw your inspiration from, I guess? Is it from the weddings that you do? Is it from watching other people? And, you know, is there something that kind of just sticks out for you? Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I love to pull inspiration from, from our couples in any way we can. So, you know, I try to get to know them. What what is their life like outside of wedding planning? Um, what what do they like to do? What's the best trips they've ever been on? You know, I think it's always great when we can incorporate things that are important to them. You know, um, especially when there's a loved one that maybe has passed away. Um, I had one couple who um, a mom had passed away, and she you know loved yellow flowers, and so we we found really intentional ways of kind of including that. While it wasn't their wedding colors, we found really intentional way of kind of including these yellow flowers throughout the wedding. So it was just like a little touch of mom. Um, and so I think there's just you know, for me, pulling inspiration kind of from, from the couples and then, of course, from other things that I've seen that work well. So, you know, at different types of weddings and at this point where we've done quite a few, um, you know, it's great to kind of pull inspiration and just share with couples. You know, sometimes I forget how much you know, I'm in it every day and I know all these things and what's normal and what's unique and how we can, how we can kind of personalize it. Um, 
and couples don't go to weddings every single weekend and don't know all these things. So just little things that, that we can kind of help them to, to figure out. You know, I had this, had this one groom who <laughs> came to me and he was like, Sammy, I have the best idea. We're going to do flip-flops near the dance floor. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like, this has never been done before. This is genius. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know that like what, this has been a thing and it's on Pinterest and all this stuff. But, you know, I think it's, it's really fun to kind of see what they can come up with and then how we can kind of help to guide them towards making it more personal to them or, you know, how it will work better for their wedding. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I, I say it on every, every episode and everything that I write, wedding planners are the most valuable player of <laughs> the entire process. And um, I, I feel like you got to find a way to fit a wedding planner into your budget, even if it's just for the day, right? I mean, I know that depending yeah. on how much money you spend is going to dictate how much you can give to the planner. But, um, you know, there is just so much you bring to the table. And, and, and oftentimes, it is pulling out their personalities even more. It is taking that one little idea that they have and making it even bigger, right? And, um, you know, it's, it's, you're all very special people. I, I, I really, you are, you're very, very special people. There's no one like a wedding planner. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. three people and then there are wedding planners. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it I always say it sounds so biased and it doesn't matter if you use our company or not but you know you, a wedding planner of some sort will just make your day that much that much easier and that much more enjoyable and it just it goes quickly and everyone says that but a wedding planner will allow you to be in the moment yeah. of that that very quick moment that you're living in yeah good stuff um, I have two other things I want to touch on um, the first is you know I think that for a lot of couples um, today, and I think this will continue to be a trend that will grow um, at, for years to come, it's important for them to be purposeful, right? To, to, to in, infuse some sort of um, socially responsible or socially conscious element or charitable aspect to their wedding. And I know that um, there is now a wedding relief fund uh, and I want you to talk just a little bit about that because I think it's, it's, we obviously want to increase the awareness, but, um, in the live events industry is getting hammered by, uh, COVID-19. So do you want to talk a little bit about, um, why that is? Cause I don't think some people even understand why that is. And then what is the wedding relief fund and how can people help? Yeah, I think, um, you know, events were kind of the first thing to stop. And I feel like they're probably going to be one of the last things to come back. Um, so it's been very difficult for the event industry where, you know, whether it's weddings or corporate events or any of those things, you know, there's no getting huge groups of people together right now. Um, and so, you know, that's stopped a lot of companies from, you know, that's their, that's, that is what they do. Um, so while people can pivot and do things slightly differently, um, especially when COVID first hit, there's just so much uncertainty for, for this industry. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what we set out to do with the Wedding Vendor Relief Fund. Um, it was born from COVID. Um, and for us, we wanted to find a way to give back. Um, so to companies that 
you know, small business owners who this is, this is their livelihood. Um, we wanted to be able to find a way to help support them, um, and help them through this, this difficult time now, but you know, in the future, other difficult times, whatever that may be. Um, so for us, you know, we give a percentage of our sales to the relief fund. And then we also are working to fundraise as well for that, for that fund so that we can start funding, um, people in early 2021. I think it's brilliant. I do. I th and again, I think it's Thank just you. one of those things that um, uh, comes out of, of times of, of, you know, necessity, right? Like it's, but yeah. necessity is the yeah. mother of all invention. Is that, did I get that quote right? I might have, I, may have <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> like, you have yeah. to invent, you have to adapt. You've got to figure out yeah. you know, how you're going to keep on going. And I, one thing that I've always enjoyed about being in the industry is it really is a community. It really is a family. And when, when things get tough, when there's a crisis with flowers being white and not pink, I mean, you know, you can pick up the phone and, yeah. and call somebody in the industry and they'll jump in two seconds and help you because they know it. They've, they've been there. So I think that that's awesome. Yeah. And people can find out more about it on your website, on the Bustled website, right? If they just go to the Bustled. They can. And we also have our own website for it's winningvendorreliefund.com. Perfect. Um, and then last, I mean, obviously, if people are listening, they like listening to podcasts. So yes. you have your own <laughs> podcast. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. What are some of the subjects that you talk about? Probably similar to mine. And then do you have some upcoming guests you want to um, uh, share? Yeah, um, it's called Every Day I'm Bustlin', um, and it is uh, Ryan and I chat um, all things all things wedding planning, so different tips and tricks and trends, um, and uh, talk a lot about. Uh, Ryan talks a lot about cake and Alabama football, which is uh, where we met. So, <laughs> if you're an Alabama fan, you'll appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just a super fun, quick uh, little podcast with some 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 tips and tricks from our perspective. Um, and we recently had uh, Ben Higgins from The Bachelor on, um, which was really exciting. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and we have um, one of our wedding planner friends, called, um, Irene Tyndale, coming up in the in a future episode, I think maybe next week or the week after. And she has done lots of live streaming from a planner's perspective with love streams. So uh, we're excited to kind of share her, her tips and tricks uh, from, from the other side of, of love stream. That's awesome. And kudos to your husband for get, get, coming on the podcast with you, getting the male perspective, right? We need more male perspective, you know, in this exactly. <laughs> industry. So good job, Ryan. Um, proud of you. Your wife. Uh, yes. <laughs> and um, so if people want to join Bustled um, and learn more about your community, it is B-U-S-T-L-D, right? Dot com. That's correct. Awesome. Yep. And any, did I miss anything? Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Nope. That's it. Um, come check us out. We're on Instagram at B-U-S-T-L-D uh, as well. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Sammy, so much for being here with us today. And I think you're going to get tons of couples going to bustle once we start heading heavy into engagement season. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Happily Altered After, unique perspectives on the road to wedded bliss with your host, Maya Holahan.